broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Orlando, Florida, it's time for Regions Business Radio Orlando. Regions Business Radio Orlando is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. Welcome to Regions Business Radio Orlando, presented by Regions Bank, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. I'm your host, Scott Wall, and I'm a commercial banking leader with Regions Bank here in our Central Florida market. We are broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio inside the Marriott Hotel in downtown Orlando, Florida. And my guest today is Jerry Ross. He's a nationally recognized subject matter expert on small business and entrepreneurship. He's a podcaster, and he happens to be the current president of the National Entrepreneur Center, also called the NEC. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Glad you're here. And you've got quite a background. Let's see if I get my facts right. Played football in college. A little scary. <laughs> college <laughs> DJ and founded a handful of companies successfully. And as I mentioned, a podcaster. And now you're the executive director of what we call locally the NEC. Yes, I've been with the National Entrepreneur Center 16 years now, and that's the longest that I've been anywhere. So uh, I've been having fun. How did you, after that, after your background in in starting companies, selling companies, how'd you get to the NEC? How'd you know about it? Well, I had sold a company here in Orlando, and uh, I had to fulfill my contract with them. And so I had been on a plane for a while working for this uh, New York Stock Exchange company. And uh, I fulfilled my contract and said, it's time to get off the plane. And so I came back to Orlando and said, uh, how do I help? And the the UCF Small Business Development Center from the University of Central Florida uh, needed a junior marketing counselor. So uh, I said, hey, I'll do that. It's a way to help. And that was the first group that came to the National Entrepreneur Center that was formed in 2003. So I joke that I I came to the National Entrepreneur Center as a junior marketing counselor, but then I came back as the president because I had left to start a few other companies. So I ended up there because I wanted to help. And and the National Entrepreneur Center uh, is all about how do we help small businesses. Yeah, so that's that was my next question. Assume that some in our audience might not know what it is specifically. So we're going to talk a lot today about what you guys do out there. And I know it's a team effort with a lot of folks and a lot of other nonprofits, but maybe maybe tell the audience, what's the what's the purpose of the NEC? Well, the, the overriding purpose, the mission is to help small businesses get started and to grow. And so the, the unique idea was that we have one single location that is now home to 16 nonprofit organizations that have one single mission, and that's to meet a small business where they are and help them move forward. And over the, the last 20 years now, we do that through free business coaching. So someone can come in and sit down with a coach, absolutely free of charge and talk about the specifics of their business. And and I know as an entrepreneur, sometimes it gets really lonely uh, when you're the, the, the head guy and the, the, the person that's leading the organization, it really helps to talk to someone outside your circle. The Entrepreneur Center also offers seminars uh, so that you can get educated because you may know a lot about your your business, your your skill you know, as a plumber or an electrician or as a landscaper, but it's it's good to know about accounting and marketing and those kind of things that help you grow. Banking too, absolutely. Uh, that and that's one of the most important because that's that's where profit comes from, uh, is knowing how to, to manage your expenses and and connect with a with a 
great banking partner. Let me back up a little bit. There was a point in time when this thing got some rocket fuel on it by some really large local community organizations. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, what I'm referring to is Orange County, maybe UCF and, maybe, and maybe Walt Disney. Disney. Yep. Can you talk about that for a minute? How did that come to be? Back in 2001, when uh, 9-11 happened, uh, we're a tourist destination here in, in Orlando, and we rely on tourism. It is a great economic driver for our community. And uh, it was difficult because people weren't flying and uh, our small businesses were, were struggling. And so it was really the visionary leadership of our community uh, through Walt Disney, the University of Central Florida and Orange County government that said, what are we going to do to help our small businesses? And so to get those three leaders in a room uh, together, you know, is really difficult. Uh, but to get them all to commit funding a center to help small businesses was a miracle. And that happened here in Central Florida in 2003 with the opening of the National Entrepreneur Center. And so it was kind of just an idea of saying, can we collaborate as a community together to reduce duplication, to leverage our, our resources, and help businesses. And just to, to follow through, you know, today entrepreneurship is cool, but this is way before entrepreneurship was cool. And so they were doing this, and, and it was visionary. And it took about, about four years. And in a Biz Journal's newspaper survey in 2007 of 55 cities around the country, Orlando, Florida was named the number one place in America to start and grow a small business. So their vision came to fruition in about four years. And so it's amazing what you do when you when you work with other folks and, and collaborate. Well, I, I want to build on that. I saw, as I was preparing for our time together, and check me if I'm wrong on facts here, but Wallet Hub 2022 article, Orlando's the number one city to start a business. So I think you can claim some credit on that, Jerry. Well, we have great partners. We have great collaboration as a community. We really have a sense of uh, and, you know, it, it comes from being in the the, uh, the tourist destination where, you know, your dreams can come true. And so I think our community is is built to work together and collaborate and, and build big vision. And so I think we continue to do that. And now people are, are catching on that, hey, it does make sense for a community to to collaborate and share resources and and to to pay attention to the small businesses because every big business started as a small one very true and um i was out uh with you at the nec's um physical facility i guess a week ago it was really fun really <laughs> cool um and it's and by the way to those listening it's in a mall which um is amazing and it works and, I, and jerry we can talk about that how it got there but i want to hit on that collaboration again you know what you taking us around the tour of the facility and meeting some of your, you know, fellow organizations that are also housed there. Who else is housed there? I mean, how, maybe some of the organizations that help your, your cohort, your members, what does that look like? Well, it's, it's all requires them to be a nonprofit organization, but to also have a specific focus on small business. And so there are a lot of chambers there. Uh, there's the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the African American Chamber of Commerce, the Asian Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Pride Chamber, which serves the LGBTQ community. Uh, we have the National Association of Women Business Owners. And so those are membership organizations that, that serve specific segments of our population. But we also have what we call service providers. And, and those are the folks that provide the free coaching and the free training. And that's the UCF Small Business Development Center, uh, which you can meet with a coach for free and, and go to one of their educational seminars and learn everything you want to know. But we also have SCORE chapter there, which is made up of uh, volunteers that volunteer to mentor a small business for free. 
we have the uh, High Tech Corridor Council, which uh, really serves Daytona to Tampa, that I-4 corridor, with high technology uh, services. A lot of times that's out of the university uh, research and commercialization departments of the University of Florida, University of South Florida, and the University of Central Florida. We have the International Trade Office, which says, you know, you can be in business and be doing great and say, you know, the way I'm going to grow is doing international trade. Well, that's hard. <laughs> you know, whether it's importing or exporting, we've provided a, a resource there that will meet people where they are and say, here's how you navigate that maze, whether it is importing or exporting. Uh, I'm sure I've met uh, Prospera, which uh, serves the Hispanic uh, entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm sure I missed a few. <laughs> <laughs> but we can talk about the, the, the mall piece here, but the fact that you can walk into that facility and have access to literally people at every one of these organizations and more is unbelievable. And I'll come back to your online portal and how many organizations are represented there. That's a whole nother deal. But real quick, how, how'd you get to the mall? Like, and for those that are listening, um, this is a, a longstanding mall on Highway 50, the east side of town, Fashion Square Mall. How, how did you end up getting the facility there? Well, two things came together. One is we were downtown office space in a, an office building, and it was very expensive. And so when I took over, a lot of our budget was spent just renting the physical space for people to come to. Uh, it was downtown, which, which had limited parking, but it also was uncomfortable for some of our entrepreneurs to come downtown to an office building and it had a waterfall in the lobby and it had, you know, floor to ceiling windows looking out on Lake Yola and it was beautiful, but it, it was not our mission. Our mission was to meet businesses where they are and help them. And at the same time, malls starting to transition from big box retail to mixed use and saying, we have a lot of other uses at a mall that could bring people to the mall, not just to, to shop in a big box store because people were shopping online. And so we presented a, a great opportunity for the mall to bring in a mixed-use client that would bring people to the mall. And for us, it was a perfect solution because who's not comfortable going to the mall? You know, everybody goes to the mall. Uh, we had a, a parking garage right outside our entrance, which, first of all, free parking is great. But in Florida, covered parking is really great. great. And so... It just worked out that we were able to, to fill a space in the mall, uh, that we our overhead went down significantly. We provided free parking, and, and our, our traffic went uh, from about 50 walk-ins a month downtown to over 200 a month at the, at the mall. So it was really a win for the mall, a win for our our center, and a win for the community. Again, I was amazed at how easily accessible all those organizations were on our tour. So it, uh, clearly it worked out. Sure, um, sure. I got a quote for you. And this is, it's a couple years dated. It might be a 2016 or 17 quote. For every dollar invested in the NEC, and this may be your quote, by the way, the community receives $14 in economic impact. That's a heck of a return. Maybe talk about that if you could. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was not my quote <laughs> because uh, we brought in an economic measurement firm yep. out of Austin, Texas. And our concern was, you know, we had these stories to tell that were amazing about entrepreneur successes, but we were we were having a hard time saying, but but do we really are we really doing what we set out to do? Are we really impacting the community? And so we brought in a firm, uh, a research firm. Uh, they spent about a month with us in 2016, and they they left and said we can prove that this model of collaboration produces a 14 to one impact in the community. And I said, you know, I'll take 10. <laughs> 
10's good. I don't want to look over my shoulder. And they said, it's 14. We do this for cities and, and counties and states uh, around the world. And, it, and it's 14. But that was really just a snapshot in time. And so we've hired them recently to come back and say, you know, after the pandemic, uh, after malls are struggling, with all of that's taken place in the last few years, let's let's do that again and and make sure that we're really doing uh, what we say we're doing, and, and we'll get a snapshot of time this time because you don't want to mistake activity for accomplishment. Yep. And so we're we're really busy, but we want to make sure that we're accomplishing what we set out to do. You, you told me two, I thought were great quotes when I, last time we spent time together. That was one. Don't say that again, Jerry. Don't confuse activity with accomplishment. Um, and the other one was around collaboration, I think, and cooperation. Well, there, there's a difference between collaboration and cooperation. And so, you know, we're here cooperating on, on this event or this this podcast, but we've also been collaborating uh, as Regions Bank and and the Entrepreneur Center to say, how can we work together on a daily basis to help entrepreneurs? And so Regions Bank is a, is a sponsor of our center. And so that, to me, is the true partnership that you look for. And so uh, when organizations come to join the National Entrepreneur Center, uh, we look at what is it that you are bringing to this collaboration and what is it that, that we can bring to you to make sure that that it is a win-win and not just a, hey, I, I know Scott and Scott knows me and we wave to each other occasionally and I send him a Christmas card. And so uh, we really try to make that transition from just knowing each other uh, and who's next door in the office to saying we're, we truly work together to say, let me connect you to somebody that can help you. Yeah, I, I think you're winning because Again, back to the comment about Orlando being such a great place to start a business. Um, your efforts are, are definitely winning, so well done. And speaking of which, tell the audience a little bit about COVID. And what I mean specifically is when you come out of the pandemic, the NEC looks a little different, positive side of the ledger for sure. And I'm thinking about your online presence and I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, a lot more kind of nonprofit collaborating organizations that are brought into the fold. Oh, yeah. You know, in, in every chaos, there's an opportunity. <laughs> And so COVID, the shutdown was chaos for small businesses. Uh, it was chaos for us as, as a support center for small businesses because businesses closed. We had to close the center to pursue public health, and that was the right thing to do. Uh, but we had to pivot to virtual training and virtual coaching. And, and I was a little concerned about that <laughs> because uh, we are a, a high contact center with, with people coming in. And so... What we found was, first of all, our businesses were struggling tremendously, and they were looking for good information, and and we were able to provide that uh, virtually to say, here's the good information about getting PPP, or here's the the local uh, regulations and restrictions, so that people had good information at their at their tip of their fingers virtually because they were home, and. And that was a really difficult time, not only for uh, economically, but also for the emotional side of being home by yourself and and your employees are all by themselves. And so what we did was that really forced the market acceptance of virtual technology. And we'd had that, you know, we'd had Zoom and WebEx and all that stuff before. But a lot of folks would say, you know, I'd rather just come down and, and meet with somebody and bring my paperwork. When it was shut down, people were like, 
it's fine with me. <laughs> you know, let's do this virtual thing. And so it forced the market to accept a technology that we'd always had. And what we did was to say, we need to embrace that technology to reach all of those people who are stranded at home by themselves and, and keep them engaged and connected. Because uh, that's one of the fears when, when you spread out and go home is that you feel disconnected. And so that's when we launched our podcast. Uh, and so we did a couple of seasons of that to, to meet people where they are at home. And we had great fun with that. We also produced the business minutes to say, here's something that you can do uh, at home by yourself to help your business grow. And so we engaged people with education to say, maybe this is the time to catch up on some of that training. But we were also trying to keep the take the pulse of business and say, where are they? So we, we launched the, uh, the video, it's okay to not be okay right now, yep. uh, which I think helped uh, a lot of people say, hey, I'm not alone. And, and that's a role that we played for the community that I didn't anticipate uh, that we would play. But what that led to was understanding that we could break down the walls of this, you know, real estate model that was existing at the mall and serve the world with virtual technology. The world, right? I mean, you, you could be well beyond Central Florida. And, oh, yeah. And, and I'm referring also to, was it during that time, Jerry, that you stood up BizLink Orange? That's it- when we started the process to build BizLinkOrange.com. And BizLinkOrange.com is the virtual version of the National Entrepreneur Center. And so what happened is we weren't restricted by real estate anymore, and we weren't restricted by geography anymore. And so BizLink Orange took us from 16 nonprofit business partners to over 60. <laughs> and so today we've, we've passed 60 partners uh, virtually online. And so someone can go there and they can download a guide for how do I research an idea? How do I get started in business? Uh, we have licensing guides to say, this is how you get your business license. Because a lot of people were rejected from getting their Orange County grants here in Orlando because they didn't have their business license. And it's a $35 piece of paper. So we were calling people saying, go get this $35 piece of paper, you'll get $10,000 grant from the county. 101 stuff, right? But but just someone might not know this. Right, and so that's that led to us putting a licensing guide on BizLink Orange to say this was a hole. This was a gap in programming and education. Uh, we have a resource navigator because we have 60 organizations. That can be daunting, yeah. you know, to say who is going to help me. Well, we have a resource navigator where someone can go in and say, this is the specifics of my business. And that will go through those 60 organizations and bring you a list to say, well, these are the ones you should go talk to. And so it helps you navigate that. It accelerates access to not only resources, but education. And that accelerates business. And so uh, it's not rocket science. You know, I, I feel like I'm the rodeo clown, you know, that, that kind of <laughs> keeps everybody from, you know, uh, getting hurt and, and keeps them entertained. But the real work is done by all of those partners. And, and if we can get access to the, make those easy, we have people sign on from all over the world now. It's, um, it's amazing. And I don't know if a lot of other communities are doing it in the way you're doing it. In fact, I think, is it fair to say your model, what you've built, you and your team have built here, it's a model for other places. It is. Yeah. And, but no one in the world is doing it right now. Wow. And so 16 residential partners at the center, 60 virtual partners. But then what we did is I work in underserved communities uh, to train because that's the way you break the cycle of poverty. In many of the underserved communities, they may not have access to internet or have a computer. 
And so we trained the Orange County 311 operators so that they have a decision matrix now that if someone doesn't have a computer that, to access BizLink Orange, or they can't make it to our center because of geographic challenges, they can call 311 in Orange County, and the 311 operator will guide them through and get them to the, the organization that can help them. Wow. And so it's truly a, a safety net for our whole entrepreneurial ecosystem here. Speaking of entrepreneurs, what, what advice might you give someone listening now out there early stage either just start up a company or is thinking about it and this is a this is a softball but just some maybe some tenets of that you feel are important all through the process of starting and operating a company well there there's a lot and 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 first of all we could spend the rest of our time here talking about the mistakes i've made you know don't do those but i think first of all don't do it alone you know, many times you feel like you have to protect your idea and you have to protect your knowledge base and all of that. Everybody operates with help. And so, and it needs to be sometimes help outside your circle mm-hmm. because, you know, your family, they love you and they want you to be successful. And, and so they encourage you. Uh, but by connecting with a small business development center or a score counselor, uh, it's someone outside your circle that can really say, let's evaluate the idea. And, and so we don't want you to lose your family fortune by, by pursuing something that, that maybe uh, you need to do a m- little more research on. Mm-hmm. So don't do it alone. Reach out to other people. I've never met an entrepreneur here in Orlando that wasn't willing to help. And so I look for successful people and I say, hey, you know, let's talk. Uh, I'll buy you lunch. You know, it's, it's the best lunch you'll ever buy uh, because you learn from people that have actually done it. I also think that... You know, my model has been, it's going to take you twice as long as you think and cost you twice as much as you think. Mm -hmm. And so if you think I'm special and I'm going to be able to do this in a year, plan on two. (laughs) If you think I only need 10 grand, I'd plan 25. And so I think those are are rules of thumb that you can say, I don't want to go in and start a business without really doing the research that's necessary. And is it, would you say, you know, you joked about failure, but failure is kind of important along the way, right? I, mean, <laughs> I used lessons. to have brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, failure, I've had a business that, that didn't work. And while we were cash flowing, we weren't making money. And so at some point you have to make a hard decision. Uh, is this a viable business or not? And so I call that, I, I have my MBA from the University of Dayton. I call that my second MBA from the streets <laughs> uh, because I, I had to shut down a business that uh, was working. It wasn't profitable. And I ran out of money and said, you can't, you can't do that. You can have a hobby and spend lots of money and no one worries about it. But if you're in business, you've got to make a profit. And if you're not making a profit, you have to figure out why or you have to pivot. And just for you personally, when you were uh, younger, was there a time when you just said to yourself, I, I got to work for myself? Like, I can't work for someone else, perhaps. Like, when did this entrepreneurial spirit really reside? Well, you know, I, I think they can reside together. Uh, and I think that entrepreneurial spirit in me was very young because I'm, I'm uh, one of 11 kids. And so we learned to hustle pretty early. My dad said, You're going to college. And by the way, you're going to pay for it. And so uh, for me, I was always looking at a way to say, what what can I do that would be profitable? And and so I, I cut grass and shoveled snow and painted houses and, and whatever it took. Uh, but then I went to work for AT&T and Ohio Bell. And I learned metrics and measurements and things that, that I hadn't learned as an entrepreneur. And I think that was very helpful to me. Uh, system Learning systems was very helpful. I think in today's economy, 
businesses are looking for entrepreneurial thinkers internally. And so I think you can be an entrepreneurial thinker and work for a, a corporation. And so not everybody's cut out to, to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't mean we can't be entrepreneur thinkers. And so I think one of the things that's made our center successful is that our board, our investors gave us the freedom to fail and said, go try something. Let's, there's no book for how to do this thing. Well, our economy's changed. There's no book for how to do this. You know, up is down and down is up. <laughs> and so I think we need to encourage people to think entrepreneurially and innovatively and not punish them for having an idea or, or speaking out. And, and so I, I used to laugh and say, in, in elementary school, they would say, he talks a lot. You know, he's an excessive talker. And it was just, I had, I had ideas and I wanted to share them. So I think even as corporate managers, we need to realize that our employees have ideas and, and they're the ones closest to the situation. And sometimes those are the ideas that, that people look back on and say, that was a revolutionary idea from the corporation. And it started with an employee that was allowed to, to have a say. Interesting. Uh, that's great advice for our audience any book or two in your time that you feel so strongly about that you would want an entrepreneur to read? The E-Myth made an impact on me. And, and the upshot of that is that you, you need to work on your business, not in your business. And so there were times as an entrepreneur, I felt like I had to do it all. And so I was too close to the trees and I had advisors, mentors that said, Jerry, you need to hire someone. And, the, and I said, I can't afford that. And they said, you can't afford not to because you're missing opportunities because you're, you're too close to the trees. And so the E-Myth, I felt, had an impact on me. Uh, today, traction is having a, an impact on, on management you know, and, and assigning uh, responsibility you know, to say, if, if this is what you're going to do, who's in charge and who's responsible? And then you hold them accountable. And so I, I think that has, has helped a lot of companies along the way old book, Magic of Thinking Big, you know, I, I read that and, and it helped me to say, you know, if you're a professional baseball player and you hit three times out of 10, you know, you're going to get a multi-million dollar contract, you know, and I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think we have to hit 10 out of 10. And so I think that kind of helped me put into perspective some of those ideas of how do you think about these things and how do you, because we're hardest on ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and so I think there are times that we have to give ourselves a the grace to say, you know, okay, I wasn't perfect, but it's moving toward, it's moving toward perfection. Is it maybe comment on entrepreneurialism? Is it alive and well in this country? Oh yeah. This is the best time ever to be an entrepreneur. And Orlando is the best place ever. The, the barrier to entry is so low now. You can have a Google store from your garage and a, and a laptop. And so before, in order to, to start a business, you had to invest and have a, a retail store and, and inventory product. And now you don't have to inventory product. You can sell online and, and your, your market is the world. And so it has never been a lower barrier to entry. But there's a lot of noise out there. And so you've got to break through the noise uh, and have something that people want to buy. You know, I think a lot of people list, here's what I do. And, and they never tell you what they do for you. And, and we buy because we heard what it would do for me. And so I think to break through the noise, you, you do have to have something that's unique and it's something that's of value. And then it, it needs to be marketed to the people that have the resources to buy it because <laughs> I may want a steak, I may buy a hamburger, you know, because that's what I can afford. And so uh, I, I think that it's never been a better time. And I think especially after the, the chaos that, that has brought us COVID, 
that there's a lot of opportunity because it took a lot of people out. And, and so some of those people had just shined a brighter light on what they were doing wrong. Um, but I think some of those people were really good businesses that just couldn't hang on. And so I think that kind of cleared the deck and, and has created opportunities for companies that are, that are sharp and, and connected to their clients. A couple quick data points as we close here, Jerry. 150 countries represented, 15,000 annual coaching sessions, and more than 60 support organizations at the NEC. I mean, that's awesome. It, it is, and it, it's a testament, again, back to those original idea thought leaders that, that said, let's try this thing. I think it's a testament to the collaboration of those organizations that say, I don't have to do it all, but I can do my piece really well. And, and in that, you get an efficiency and a leverage you know, that says there's an efficiency that we're not duplicating and that we're sharing resources, and that's efficient for the community to, to fund because they can fund the technology that's now leveraged through 60 organizations. Mm-hmm. There's a leverage in saying, I can now do what I do best. And, and when someone comes in and says, you know, I want to I do international trade, I don't have to know about that. I can walk them down the hallway and say, here's the person that knows all about that. And so it allows me to focus on my strength. And, and I think that's a model that really could be duplicated in any city. Most of the organizations we have are in every major city. And I think our sponsors who have had the, the wherewithal, but also the vision to say, we want to support this model of collaboration are, are all located nationally as well. We are grateful for you today. Thank you for taking time with us on the podcast. And then beyond that, I mean, well done to you and your team and the sponsors out of the NEC. I think what you've created is nothing short of amazing for this community. And now we know far beyond with BizLink Orange and your online presence and uh, really fun spending time with you. And I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share what we do, because if people connect with the center at nationalec.org or they connect with us through bizlinkorange.com, we are here to support support the growth and development of small business. And we couldn't do that without sponsors like Regions Bank. Well, I I would encourage any business owner or entrepreneur out there to go find those links because it's an amazing resource for any of you. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Jerry, and our listeners to Regions Business Radio Orlando, presented by Regions Bank, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. You can enjoy our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com and selecting the Orlando studio and then clicking on Regions Business Radio. This program is also available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to the program so you don't miss any of our future episodes. I'm Scott Wall, and you've been listening to Regions Business Radio Orlando on Business Radio X. Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Regions believes this information to be accurate when recorded, but it cannot ensure that it will remain up to date. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation. The information should not be construed as a recommendation of a specific course of action for any individual or business. All Regions products and services are subject to qualification requirements, terms, conditions, fees, and credit approval. 